This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise the Lord. Happy Wednesday. Hallelujah. I had a teacher in Bible school. He said, happy Monday when it came in on Monday. Happy Tuesday when it came in on Tuesday. And so it went the whole week. <laughs> it's a good greeting, though. Happy Wednesday. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. How many of you are happy to be saved tonight? Hallelujah. How many of you are happy to have eternal life? Glory be to God. To have the blessing of God upon your life. Isn't that a good thing? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm really excited about tonight. And I'm really excited about what I'm going to share with you. Because I believe this is exactly what God is prescribing for right now. Hallelujah. And isn't that exciting? Hallelujah. How many of you want to get light and revelation tonight? Hallelujah. Something maybe that you haven't seen or maybe just be reminded of something that the Lord has told you in the past. You know, He can do that right now. You know, the Holy Ghost is here, and I said, you know, we're going to yield ourselves to Him. And, and what is his, his primary purpose? It's to, to guide you into all truth. He's your helper, and He has also, He said, you know, He will guide you into all truth, and He will also remind you of things that God has told you in the past. He also will show you things to come. Hallelujah. So tonight can be a, a time where you can see some things. Hallelujah. You can see some things regarding what is preached about, but you can also, you know what, the Holy Ghost is not limited to the preacher. Did you know that? Aren't you happy about that? <laughs> I sure am. Hallelujah. I sure am happy that, that He's our teacher and He's our guide, and as, as the Word goes forth, guess what? Light comes. And light comes in so many different areas because, you know, He's a very good multitasker. He can do a lot. Hallelujah. In a short amount of time where people honor Him and honor His Word. Hallelujah. And so I'm excited about tonight. Praise the Lord. I'm excited about what, what is ahead of us. And, and, and I'm excited about our church. And I'm, decided I'm excited about the DNA of our church. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So anyhow, uh, and did you know the DNA doesn't change? Stays the same. Hallelujah. Through generations. Praise the Lord. So we're going to get into some fun things tonight. You might not think so at the beginning, but you'll be excited by the end. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, as I was, you know, I've been having some things roll around in my heart, you know, as, uh, as Pastor asked me to share tonight. And then, you know, it's been some things that I've been thinking about for a while. And as I was praying for you guys that were going to show up tonight, um, I was reminded of a scripture I haven't thought about in a long time. And it's in Isaiah chapter 11. And he's talking about Jesus. And I'm going to start in verse 1. And then I'll, maybe I'll just explain some things before I, I share some more scripture with you. But it goes like this. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. He was talking about this Spirit was, was, was resting on Jesus. And in the Amplified, I'm going to read the Amplified to you as well, these two uh, verses here. Then a shoot, the Messiah, will spring forth from the stock of Jesse, David's father. And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. And I want to talk about that, the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. And this fear is not talking about a fear where you're like afraid of spiders, that kind of fear. How many of you are afraid of spiders in here? It's like, yeah, that's, I don't like him either. Hallelujah. But this is not the kind of fear we're talking about. This is a reverence. It's a reverence for the Lord and an honor for his things. And as I was praying about, you know, these things, and I've been, I've been thinking about this often, you know, that um, would you like to see God move more in your life? Yeah. Would you like to see God move in every aspect of your life? In your kids' lives? Hallelujah. Do you want to see that resurrection power that we know from the scriptures are available to us? I do. I so do. And, 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 and one of the keys to this is to have a reverence for God and the things of God, which I think in our day and age has kind of veined a little bit. You know, we don't really honor God and the things of God as we used to or as we should. You know, some people don't know because they haven't been taught. You know, you know there was a rebellion, you know, in the late 60s in, 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 in this nation, and, and we can see some, some real fruit from that today. You know, there's a lot of rebellion going on, and the people have no idea what reverence and honor is. But that's a problem. Because God said, those that honor me, I will honor. And so if you've heard, you know, a lot about the grace and the goodness of God, and He is good, and His mercy endures forever, but you might come to a place where you take His things lightly, and when you do, you will see Him interfere less and less in your life. Because there's a lack of honor and there's a lack of respect for who he is. Did you know that Jesus is Lord? He's not just Savior. He is Lord. And he is the head of the church. What does that mean? Well, the head calls the shots. <laughs> Put it simply, what the head says goes. And so I think that we are kind of shortcutting ourselves in many areas in our lives because we don't reverence God and really don't expect Him to move much because maybe we haven't seen what we have wanted to and whatnot, and then we kind of grow dull and indifferent to the things of God. And that is a problem. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you were really excited about the Lord and then other times you haven't been so excited about the things of God? I have. I think all of us have. I remember... When I was in Bible school, because I, I, I just, you know, you can say what you want about Bible school, but I was hungry for the things of God. And guess what happened? He showed up in my life in a major way. I walked away from, you know, what my, what my um, you know, occupation had been, and I was just like, you know what, I want to follow you. And I'm not saying that that needs to happen to you, but I say that you need to shift your focus from this to that. So that God can, have, can fill your windshield as he ought to. Because when you're, and the thing is, it's so subtle, you guys. It's so subtle. You know, do you know that the devil does not show up on your, on your, on your doorstep with a, with a pitchfork and horns and say, today I'm going to deceive you? No, he doesn't do that. No, he, he can transform himself as an angel of light. You know, he can come with just an indifference. Or maybe some other things have gained priority instead of God, instead of his things and what you know he has called you to do. That's one of the reasons why we have this series now going in our small groups. And the name of it is called 
so we all can be reminded and maybe you are even in the place that God has called you to but you are not accessing the grace that is there to do it excellently just like you're supposed to because you know you can be in your place but you 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 that does not mean that you necessarily are accessing all the grace that God has given you to do that and so anyhow so I'm going to talk a little bit about these things and let me go to Revelations chapter 2 and okay this is not going to be like a heavy deal here but it's going to be something that's going to help you and you're going to be so excited about the fact that you heard this because the truth will set you free and the truth will help you because there might be some places where you haven't seen God move as you want him to and that can be fixed because God wants to show up at your house. He wants to show himself great on your behalf. But there are some things that need to be in place first. So in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 1, to the angel of the church at Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walk, walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. So, before I read any further, this is some, sounds like a church that's doing a lot of good things. They persevered. They have labored for the name of Christ. They have even found some people to be liars. So they had, there's some discernment there. But in verse 4 it says, Nevertheless, I have this against you that you've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first work, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent or turn. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him overcomes, I'll give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So what I want to talk about, you know, this goes together with honor and our first love. Can you remember when you first met Jesus? For some of you, it's very recent. From some of you, it's been decades. But man, the things of God were number one. People might have looked at you as a fanatic. As somebody who, just, who would just lay everything else aside to be maybe at a service where they talked about Jesus. Where you could learn something about the word. You were hungry. You were hungry for all that God had. And did he show up in your life? Did he show up in your life? You know, the thing is, it says that those, the, the word says those that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And I think that's one of, the, one, of, one of the dangers when we walk with the Lord is that we can become somewhat like, hmm, we're just doing church. You know, and some of these other things have crept in and, and, and kind of taken the throne in our lives. And, you know, in the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, I just wanted to bring this out because I think this, this has, has validity here in how this works. Mark chapter 4. And verse 13. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Talking about the parable of the sower. He's explaining it to him. How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. 
These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution rise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And so I just want to talk about, you know, the, the other things entering in and taking the top place in your life. So that the Lord and his things is not first priority anymore. Did you know that Jesus is first? Whether you recognize it, whether you live your life like that or not, he is first. He cannot be anything but first. He's the firstborn from the dead. Through him everything was made that was made. You read through Colossians chapter 1 and you see that he is pretty awesome. But he is nothing but first in everything. And so the issue is, I think, that other things can enter in. And they choke the word that you know so well. And it becomes unfruitful and it no longer produces in your life. But this can change really quickly. I was just talking to, to, to one person in our church, and he's been, a person, you know, he's been part of our church since he was a little tyke. And he was telling me, you know, that he's, he's, he's just been telling people about Jesus, and this one person got born again. And then he, he told me, he told me about, uh, he was young, and his, his foot was, you know, like this. It was twisted. And he said, one, in one meeting here at this church, we were talking about a specific minister that was here. And, and he said that, he said, somebody else, and these people are actually sitting here in the service today. They were looking at him. He was out in the spirit, and they could see his foot twist in ways it should not twist. And he got up from there perfectly healed. Perfectly healed. Do you know God wants to do the same thing right now? What I said about the DNA of a church, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. You hear me? This is a church for signs and wonders and for the Spirit of God to move. Because I, I wasn't here, but I have listened to camp meetings from the past, late 90s. My goodness, God was moving mightily by His Spirit, and I know He wants to do the same thing again because God does not change. And many of you have seen it and experienced it. And you owe it to this generation that they will see it too. Because Brother Hagin said, he said, unless this is taught, he says, it will be lost. And so if nobody demonstrates the move of God to this generation, how will they know it's available? They won't even know. And so for us that have touched the move of God, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it when you are so overwhelmed with the presence of the Almighty, you can't even get up from the floor. That will change you. Because when the Eternal One knocks at your door and He sits on you, for lack of a better word, you are changed forever. Forever. You know, the thing is, you know, you talk about the spirit of faith. It's, it's, it's more caught than taught. When you're, when you're exposed to it, it changes your life. 
I remember I was, in a, I was in a service. This was north of Tulsa. It's actually in Billy Brim's home church. And I was there in a meeting. And I was usually very careful about who I listened to. Because I don't want to be exposed to something that is not genuine. I don't need that. Because I was in Bible school. I need to learn the real thing here. And so I was just invited by some fellow Rama students. And I thought, well, I don't know if I want to go. And then so I got the guy's name. His name is Paul Brady. And I hadn't heard of him before, but I found him on YouTube. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I'm going to check him out. And so I, I got on YouTube, and I hadn't heard him finish one sentence before the Holy Ghost. He, he, just, he just nudged me and says, you need to go. And so I went. And, you know, I was hungry for the real thing. I was hungry for a move of God because I'd seen it in the Scriptures. And if God doesn't change, then he's the same now as he was then. And he wants to show up in your life now the same way as he did then. And so, so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm hungry, and this guy, he just points at me. He said, stand up. And he starts to minister to me, and he has me come to the front. And I was like, I, I had no idea what was going on, and my head was going tilt. Because, you know, you always try to reason and figure these things out. It's like, what's happening here? So he, when he came at me, and he laid hands on me rather forcefully. And I went straight to the ground, and then God started doing some things to me. And I just, there was some movings in my spirit that I'd never experienced before. And I was just like, wow. And I was just, and I'm in front of all these people, and they're looking at me. So my mind is kind of reasoning this thing out, but I'm just like, what is going on? And, and so, so I, I, I get myself up and sit down on the front pew, and the presence of God just envelops me in a very special way, so it never left me. I mean, when God touches you, when He shows up in your life, you are marked forever. We're supposed to walk with the Almighty. You know, if we get to a place where we know just the, the Word, but not the Spirit, we're going to shortcut God from moving in our lives, because He never works. The Word and the Spirit always go together. Always go together. And I remember, there's, I don't have it with me, but there's, there's a prophecy by, by Dad Hagen. And he said, he said we, we have prided ourselves in being a word church, but he says we're also a spirit church. And if we get to a place where we're so just the word that we don't let the spirit of God move, we're going to be a dead church. I'm not saying we're a dead church, but if we, if we don't let him move as he wants to move, we won't see him manifest himself. And this is not just in church. This is in your life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. God's Spirit lives in us. But the thing is, when we get to a place, if we, if we ever get to a place where we just come to church, just to come to church and don't expect God to move, it is time to repent and turn. Because God wants to move in His church and He's coming back for a glorious church. And we are a glorious church. But the thing is that the devil is so sneaky. He comes in and he deceives. And then before you know it, you're in a place where you don't expect much. And guess what? Not much happens when you don't expect much. When you come to church, you should expect God to move in a wonderful way. I'm not saying that that needs to be hanging from the chandeliers every service. I'm not saying that, but we need to expect him to move. We need to expect him to speak to us. 
We need to expect when we come to church, if we need healing, we're going to be healed and set free. Praise the Lord. Why do you think the Lord is impressing this? Because we're going to get ready for a move of God. Oh my goodness, there is so much He wants to do. And there's so many people there. They're hurting. And they're hungry for God. I was just, I just list, I was just gotten a newsletter from a, a, a friend of mine. He's part of what Club 1040 is doing in Lebanon. And he was sharing about this guy. He was, a, <laughs> he hadn't even heard them preach. But he was just so hungry for God. He didn't, even, he, he, didn't, he didn't know any Christians. But he was just like, he was just crying out to God. And Jesus appeared to him. I also remember there was another prophecy by Kenneth E. Hagin. He, he's, well, not prophecy. This was actually a vision he had of Jesus. And Jesus told him, you know, that there was gonna, he was going to visit hungry hearts everywhere. Everywhere. That means people that haven't even been exposed to church. He'll visit them if they have a hungry heart and they cry out to God. He will show up because he loves people. And wouldn't you think that he would show up in our life too, if we're hungry, if we want more of Him. I heard Miss Leanne Sosby say once, she was the prayer and healing coordinator down at Raymond. She said that, she referred to another preacher who said that. She said, if, if I ever get up and I'm not excited about the Word, he said, it's time to fast and pray. <laughs> that sounds so foreign to a lot of us, but come on. If we're not excited about the things of God, it's time to wake up. It is time to wake up. It is time to realize that, my goodness, I need a little bit of a heart adjustment here so that God can move in my life. Oh, He wants to move. <laughs> he wants to so upend your life you don't even recognize yourself. You know He can do that? You know He can do that. He can get in your life. If you would just give him access, and some of that access is just, just you just honor him for who he is. <laughs> that is opening the door. On Monday morning when you get out of bed, when your kids watch you, you raise your hands to heaven and you praise God for him being faithful to you and your family. The spirit of faith. It's more caught than taught. Your kids too. They will watch you. More they'll listen to you. They will. They'll, they'll watch you. They'll see what you do. And it'll be imprinted in them at an early age that God is first. Oh, it'll set them off in a completely different place than most other kids. Where God is just a thing. For most people, he's not even a thing. For others, he's just, well, we go to church on Sunday. No, no, no. He's Lord on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Glory be to God. Woo! I tell you, I told you it was going to get good. Why am I excited about this? Because I want Jesus. I want Jesus. Oh, I want him so much. My heart cries out.
for his touch. There's nothing like it. You come into his presence and he'll just envelop you in his love and his care. He's not out to find fault. He's just happy. You got out of all of that deception that is in this world and finally got in there. Because the, 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 the way is open by the blood of Jesus. He paid a great price for you to be able to get into the presence of the Father at any time. A lot of times we don't take advantage of it because of this deception that is so easy for it to creep in. You know, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, he says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. Transformed. Metamorpho. Same as a, uh, whatever it is before it becomes a butterfly. <laughs> which is a radical change. Hallelujah. God wants to move in our midst. Hallelujah. How many of you want God to move in your midst, in your house, in your kids? Hallelujah. This is great preaching, by the way. I asked the Lord to help me because who wants to talk about, you know, Turning, and if you, if, you, if, you, if you mention the word repentance, people are just like, oh my gosh, here we go again. I really didn't want to, but I want to see him move. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Hallelujah. I want to know Jesus because he is amazing. When you see him, as he is, you will be so glad that you gave everything to pursue him and what he has asked of you to do. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, regardless of what they did here in the earth, they will confess that who is Lord? Jesus is Lord. And we want to get with it right now. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Aren't you excited about this? I'm so excited. Hallelujah. Ha! You know why God wants you to hear this? Because He wants you. He wants all of you. He wants you to just come to Him. Like a three-year-old little lily. Hallelujah. Just run to you when you come home. Oh, Daddy. Stay. Don't leave. We should have that heart for our Father. Stay. Stay, you're, you know, he's always with you, but his manifest presence is not always there. But we can invite him in every day. Invite him in, hallelujah, <laughs> and spend time with him. Oh, his presence. Oh, I've always loved the presence of God. And never once has he rejected me when I come running to him? Regardless of how stupid I've been, he always welcomed me with open arms because he loves us so very much. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness, how much he loves you. <laughs> no, this is fun. God is so good. Hallelujah.
very quiet in here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Where am I? Glory be to God. Let me give you some practical little uh, tidbits here. I was talking with the same guy who had had his foot healed years and years ago. And he said he was sitting at home one day and he was just flipping through the channels and he said, I couldn't find anything to watch. And he said, I, I love like R-rated movies, you know, action, all that stuff. You know, he says, I love those movies. He said, but I just couldn't make myself watch them. And I'm like, that's the Holy Ghost helping you. Because the thing is that he, it's not that he wants to hold or keep things away from you, but he knows that what comes in, it affects you whether you would want to admit it or not. And he has a heart to be used by God. He wants to see. He wants to understand. And he wants to be used by God. And now the Holy Ghost is helping him. What is he helping him with? Get, get, get that stuff away that will hinder you from flowing with the Holy Ghost. Because this thing with hardening the heart is a real thing. Did you know that? And it happens to all of us to, to, to a certain degree. And, 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 and we decide how much we listen to the Holy Ghost because He's always there to help. He is the lifting power of the church. He is there to help you to see everything that God has done for you in Jesus Christ. But for Him to be able to do that, He needs to, to, to be able to help us get some of that stuff out of the way so that instead of being calloused, now we are tender-hearted towards God. And He will help you. If you will ask Him for help, then He will help you, and you can very quickly, very quickly get to a place where you hear clearly His voice because He's always communicating. He's always trying to help you. You know, TV shouldn't have the place it has in our lives. Did you know that? I'm not against TV, but I know it's a great time stealer. And it's like I am so ready to be done with Hallmark series. But it's some of the only stuff that you can watch without, you know, it's searing your, or, or messing with your heart. You know, if, if, if it feels like you have to take a shower after you watched it, guess what? You probably shouldn't. You know? And that's the whole, but the thing is, you know, Scott, I have found myself at times, you know, you override because I just want to watch it. Or you override this, you override that. But the thing is, when you start overriding, then you start to harden your heart. Because now something else has to throne instead of what God said. You know, the word of the written word of God is inspired by the Holy Ghost. It's the same Holy Ghost that is leading you, by the way. See, if you start to override his voice, it's the same as you overriding what the written word of God says. And now, you're, whether you realize it or not, your heart's getting hardened. And it's harder for you to hear. And what I find is that a lot of people, and, and, and they get to a place where they know what the scripture says, but for whatever reason, it doesn't work. Don't tell me 
it doesn't work. No, the word works if you walk with the Holy Ghost and you do what he prompts you to do. It'll work every time. It'll work every time. You hear me? I found myself in a place of, you know, uh, <laughs> realizing afterwards that I didn't even ask God his opinion. What should I do? Is he Lord or not? Is he Lord or not? Should we check with him before we do things? Should we check with him before we think that, well, I'm going to stand on the word of God like this? Well, what does he have to say about it? Because maybe the, the, the solution is this way, not this way. He will bring you the perfect word for your situation for right now. He will always lead you by His Spirit. Always. Always. And we can't do this life walking with the Lord without walking with the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? We have to check in with Him and ask Him because we can get into auto mode, autopilot, cruise control. Well, we've done it like this in the past. Well, what did God say? And then if we've gotten to a place where we've hardened our hearts, then it's very hard to hear. And now your mind is, 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 is throwing its reasoning in there to help you to reason it out, and you end up missing God's best. Praise the Lord. You know, some of these things is, I was just, you know, rehearsing some scriptures on the way here. To, to church and from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 5 through 9, I think it is. And it says that we, he called us into the fellowship of his son. That's, that word fellowship is, 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 is koinonia. It's a very close relationship like a husband and a wife walking together. Well, what happens? You decide to go and buy that new truck, but you didn't ask your wife her opinion. Be in trouble, man. Or, you know, you, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's a relationship where you walk with him. And, by the way, he is Lord. You're not. Right? So you need to ask him his opinion. And now you will have faith, real faith. Because now you heard from heaven and nothing can move you. And you're going to need that steadfastness. Because if you just throw something out, Oh, it doesn't seem like it works. And then it doesn't seem like it works. And this hurts your faith. We're supposed to walk with him. We're supposed to ask him, what is the right way to do, Lord? How do I do this? What do you want? And that is for every circumstance in life. Thank you, Jesus. Our walk with the Lord is the most exciting thing in the world. It makes, worth, it makes life worth living. I want to get to a place where I can say like Paul, I've come to the end of my walk here. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Hallelujah. And there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we did what we're supposed to do in this world. And we can't do it 
unless we put him first. We honor God in everything. Only then will your heart be perfectly clear. Perfectly clear. And you hear clearly from heaven. And you walk with him. And that's when you walk in perfect peace. And joy unspeakable, full of glory. You know, he's a happy guy. You know that? God is a happy father. He sits in the heavens and he laughs. Hallelujah. He rejoices. Glory. In you. <laughs> and he wants to see you fulfilled and blessed. Hallelujah. Walking in his perfect provision for you. Oh, when you're in your place. You're in your grace. And you will not fall flat on your face. I heard that from somebody else. It's not my alarm, but it's a good one. <laughs> it's a happy place. Hallelujah. Oh, when you fulfill divine destiny, whatever God has asked you to do. And that differs for every one of us. You know, but when you know that you're in his perfect place, in his perfect plan for you. Oh, what joy there is. And you can do it with all of your strength, all of your might, hallelujah. And he will be there with all of his grace to help you along the way. Hallelujah. But it all starts with honoring him and putting him first in everything. And then you'll hear clearer and clearer and clearer. Oh, my goodness, what a good life we'll live. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to stop there. Let's just uh, close our eyes and let's just look to the Lord for just a little bit here at the end of service. Father, glory be, <laughs> Whoo, glory be to your name, Father. We're so grateful that you are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. You're a good Father and you want the very best for us. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. For the message that you gave us tonight, Father. It's a message of love. It's a message because you care. It's a message, Father, to help us <laughs> step into glory. Oh, your perfect provision for us, Father. Hallelujah. So you can honor us. So that you can show up mightily, Father, in our lives. Oh, how we need you, Father, in every aspect of it. Hallelujah. We love you. We're so grateful, Father, that you called us. Hallelujah. We didn't, we didn't choose you. You chose us. Because you love us. Because you care about us. Hallelujah. And you made us for specific purposes, Father. Hallelujah. And they're all good. Oh, they're all full of purpose, eternal purpose, Father. They will bear fruit that will remain throughout eternity. Hallelujah. So I'm not out after any raising of hands or anything today, and, but just make sure the camera is on me so nobody sees anything that goes on in the sanctuary right now. And you at home, you heard the same message. Hallelujah. And I'm not even going to look around. 
because it's none of my business, but I want you, if you want to acknowledge before God, hallelujah, that you, oh, glory be to God, that you want to make a change, hallelujah, that you want to, want to pursue God more, hallelujah, that you will change your focus to pursue the love of God, to pursue Him, hallelujah, hallelujah, then raise your hand. Nobody looking around. This is none of anybody's business but you and God Himself. Glory! Ha <laughs> ha! Glory be to God. Father, we thank you as we now, Father, make a change, and I'm one of them. I want to pursue you more, Father. I want to put you first and help me, Father, in those areas where I haven't put you first, Father. Help me to always look to you. Help me to always acknowledge you, Father, in everything that I do and in every pursuit of my life to acknowledge you first. Hallelujah. Because you are our number one. You are our Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. And we ask you for help, Father. And I ask for each and every one in here, Father, help them. Give them light and revelation, Father, in the areas, Father, where they need to make a change so they can just make that little heart change, Father, hallelujah, so that you can sit on them, so you can invade their life, Father, with your presence and your help and your grace. Hallelujah. And Father, all of us, we just want to lift our hands and say thank you. Thank you, Father, for being so good, for being so faithful, Hallelujah to us for keeping us in all of our ways, Father God, for blessing us big. Hallelujah. And most of all, we want to thank you for your presence, for your presence in our homes, for your peace that passes all understanding, Father, because there is nothing <laughs> like your presence. And we give you all the praise, Father, and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Isn't He good? He's so wonderful. Hallelujah. He's so wonderful. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we're at the end of service. We're just going to take a our